Jesus healing sick people, telling parables, having breakfast with his friends on the beach. We like that, Jesus. Jesus who casts demons out of someone? We're not so sure about that one. What's interesting about this story is that in the Gospel of Mark, this is the very first demonstration of Jesus' power. This is the story that follows the one we heard last week of Jesus calling the first disciples. And if we want to know what a gospel thinks about who Jesus is, we can look to the first demonstration of his power in the book. So in the gospel according to Matthew, Jesus' first act of power was to heal and to teach. Immediately after he calls his disciples in the Gospel of Matthew, it says Jesus went throughout Galilee teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news and curing every disease among the people. The author of, Matthew, of Matthew's Gospel saw Jesus as a healer and a teacher situated specifically in the synagogue. And this Gospel of Matthew focuses on the Jewishness of Jesus. The Gospel of Luke is similar. The beginning of Jesus' ministry, the first showings of his power, was to teach, specifically to teach from the scroll of the prophet Isaiah, proclaiming that the prophecy had been fulfilled in his reading it. So Luke's community saw Jesus as the prophet who had been promised from generations ago, the Messiah they had been waiting for. What about the Gospel of John? You may remember the story of Jesus' first miracle in the Gospel of John. It's the story of Jesus turning water into wine at the wedding in Cana. It makes sense that this mystical Gospel sees Jesus as the eternal Word, one with the creator of the cosmos, one who was always creating and recreating reality right in front of our eyes, turning water into wine. But in Mark, the first display of Jesus' power is an exorcism. If you like action and fast-paced storytelling with literal demons, Mark is the gospel for you. To the author of Mark, who, by the way, does not tell the story of Jesus' birth in a barn or swaddling clothes or any nice images like that, to the author of Mark, what's most important is that Jesus came to liberate, to cast out the evil that is within us, individually and collectively. And this liberation is so important to Mark that we have to get to it right away. In Mark, Jesus comes out swinging, ready to fight. In Mark, which is the oldest account of Jesus' life we have, Jesus embodies a kind of power that makes evil tremble. He embodies the spirit of the God of justice, the God who has always been about liberating people from oppression. Jesus embodies the spirit of the God of Moses, the God who empowered that prophet who came before to lead the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt into freedom. It is that same liberating spirit that compels Jesus in his ministry. That spirit that recognizes. 
in Mark's gospel, we are not speaking theoretically here. Moses was the embodiment of collective liberation, of literal liberation from literal slavery. And then we have Jesus, who, like Moses, was driven by the powerful spirit of God to liberate and literally free this message is almost impossible for us to understand truly, for us who do not suffer literal oppression from systems like racism and political persecution. In our post-Christendom culture, we hear liberation and think about being liberated from our anxieties or our fears or our worries. And I am not saying that that kind of liberation is not important in the witness of Jesus. What I am saying is that first and foremost, Jesus came to literally free enslaved peoples, to liberate the poor from the monster of poverty upheld by systemic sin, to raise up those whose society has trampled for the sake of economic gain. This is why we must look to and learn from the witness of the poor, the marginalized, the prisoners, to fully hear the promise of the gospel. Our understanding of the gospel, our understanding of Jesus, is incomplete and shallow when it considers only our privileged perspective. Jesus is the liberating healer who comes out swinging for the sake of freedom. Jesus doesn't just preach and teach about healing and liberation. He heals and he liberates. And in the Gospel of Mark, in which even the disciples often don't understand who Jesus really is, who does understand who he is? The demons. What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth, the demons say? They know him. They know where he comes from. And that phrase, what have you to do with us, is a bit strange in the Greek. And another way to translate it would be, what is yours and what's mine? It's like the demons are saying, Jesus of Nazareth, you have your place and your authority. This is our place. Leave us be. It's a turf battle. One side recognizing the power of the other and saying, stay on your side. But Jesus embodies the spirit of the liberating God, the God who will not settle for even one of their children to suffer. Jesus has come for freedom, saying, there is no my side in your side. I will take everything. I'm going to go anywhere and everywhere. Go into the most dangerous and unexpected places for the sake of liberation. There is no evil in the universe that will not be freed by the spirit of the God of love. 
into our communities today. And Jesus calls us to follow him into this liberating work, into the dangerous corners where evil has a grip on the lives of God's children, and speak God's word of peace. And let's go back just for a moment to that simple fact that the demon, the evil spirit, knew Jesus. So often in the Gospel of Mark, the people around Jesus do not understand who he is or what he is about. Even his closest disciples don't get it. But the demonic powers knew immediately. Something in evil recognizes truth instantly. Evil looks at Jesus and sees him for what he is. Love incarnate. Love that incinerates all injustice and evil in its path simply by the fire of its truth. Evil is afraid of this Jesus. This Jesus who can go to his own death without lifting a hand in revenge. This Jesus who will live out the truth of love with his very body as he redeems the world. Just last week, a group of Mennonites, which is a historic peace church, gathered on Capitol Hill to protest the genocide in Gaza and demand ceasefire. They made this spirit of Jesus palpable with their bodies, with their voices. As they sang the canticle of the turning, a hymn we sing here at St. Andrews. As they were arrested, they sang these words. From the halls of power to the fortress tower, not a stone will be left on stone. Let the king beware, for your justice tears every tyrant from his throne. The hungry poor shall weep no more, for the food they can never earn. These, there are tables spread, every mouth be fed, for the world is about to turn. This is the power of Jesus. This is the witness we are called to embody. This is the power of Jesus that evil recognizes and is fearful of. And that is the healing we pray for today. The love of God makes a mockery of evil, makes systems of injustice Recognizes. 